Hi there, welcome to the Kids Way Podcast. We are a podcast committed to helping kids stay in the way of the King. And if you've never heard of King Jesus, well get ready, you are going to love Him. We pray that you would also learn more about what it means to be on His narrow way. We also use various tools to encourage and teach, from fictional stories to scripture reading, to music, and sometimes even bringing in some kids to contribute. You can find us online at www.kidsway.ca and there you will find links to our Facebook page and also other info about Kidsway. Before getting into today's episode, we want to thank Jamie Souls for allowing us to use his wonderful music collection. If you would like to check out more of Jamie's music, you can find him at soulmusic.ca. That's www.solmusic.ca. Well, let's get to the story. We pray you are encouraged and pointed to King Jesus through today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Kids Way Podcast. I hope you had a chance to listen to the messages that were preached at Riverside Bible Camp. But for today's episode, we're going to carry on with the reading from Pilgrim's Progress, looking at chapter 5 when Christian meets up with the interpreter. Before we get to the story, here's a song from Jamie Soul's Up From Here. You can find all Jamie's music at soulmusic.ca. Deliverance is near Joseph 
Now you're saying I'm about to die But God will visit you and bring you up out of this land To the land that he has promised The promise to our fathers will draw near I'm about to go Interpreter. The pilgrim traveled on until he came to the house of the interpreter, where he knocked again and again. At last, an individual came to the door and asked, Who's there? Christian answered, Sir, I am a traveler who was directed by an acquaintance of the owner of this house to visit here for my profit. I would like, therefore, to speak with the head of the house. The individual then called for the owner of the house, who after a short time came to Christian and asked him what he wanted. Sir, said Christian, I am a man who has come from the city of destruction, and I'm going to Mount Zion. I was told by the man who stands at the gate at the start of this road that if I visited here, you would show me excellent things that would help me on my journey. Then the interpreter said, Come in. I will show you things that will be profitable to you. So he ordered his butler to light the candle and asked Christian to follow him. He led him into a private room and instructed his butler to open a door. When that was done, Christian saw the picture of a very serious person hanging on the wall. This is what it looked like. The man had eyes lifted up to heaven. The best of books was in his hand. The law of truth was written upon his lips. The world was behind his back. He stood as if he pleaded with men, and a crown of gold hung over his head. Christian asked, What does this mean? The man whose picture you see is one in a thousand, explained the interpreter. He can father children travailing in birth with children, and nurse them himself after they are born. As you see him with eyes lifted up to heaven, the best of books in his hand, and the law of truth written on his lips, 
These are meant to show you that his work is to know and to reveal to sinners things hard to understand. As you see, the world is at his back, and a crown hangs over his head. These are meant to show you that since he's slighting and despising the things that are present, because he loves the work given to him by his master, he is certain to have glory for his reward in the world to follow this one. Now, continued the interpreter, I've shown you this picture first, because the man whose picture you see is the only man authorized by the Lord of the place where you are going to be your guide in all the difficult places you may encounter within the way. Remember well, therefore, what I've shown you and apply your mind seriously to what you've seen, lest in your journey you meet with individuals who pretend to lead you correctly, but those ways lead to death. Then he took Christian by the hand and led him into a very large reception room that was full of dust because it was never swept. After he examined the room for a little while, the interpreter called for a man to sweep. When he began to sweep, the dust began to fly around so much that Christian was almost choked by it. Then the interpreter said to a girl standing by, Bring water here and sprinkle the room. And when she had done it, the room was easily swept and cleaned. What does this mean? asked Christian. The interpreter answered, This reception room is the heart of a man that never was sanctified by the sweet grace of the gospel. The dust is his original sin and the inward corruptions that have made the whole man unclean. He who began to sweep in the beginning is the law. But she who brought and sprinkled the water is the gospel. Now, he continued, As you saw, the dust began to fly about as soon as the first individual began to sweep, so that the room could not be cleaned. But you were almost choked by it. This is meant to show you that instead of cleaning the sinful heart by its works, the law actually energizes, puts strength into, and increases sin in the soul. Even though it reveals and condemns sin, it doesn't have the power to conquer it. Then, continued the interpreter, you saw the girl sprinkle the room with water, which caused it to be easily cleaned. This is meant to show you that when the gospel comes in, just as the girl settled the dust by sprinkling the floor with water, in like manner, the sweet and precious influences of the gospel to the heart, conquer and defeat sin. The soul is made clean through the faith of the gospel. And consequently, the soul is fit for the king of glory to inhabit. Besides this, I saw in my dream that the interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a little room in which two boys sat, each sat in his own chair. The name of the oldest child was Passion, and the other's name was Patience. Passion seemed to be very discontented, but Patience was very quiet. Then Christian asked, What is the reason for Passion's discontentment? The interpreter answered, Their guardian wants them to wait until the beginning of the next year to receive his best things. Passion wants to have it all now. But patience is willing to wait. Then 
I saw that someone came to Passion, bringing him a bag of treasure and pouring it down at his feet. Passion gathered it up, rejoiced in it, and laughed at Patience scornfully. But as I continued to watch, he squandered it all away and had nothing left for himself but rags. Then Christian said to the interpreter, Explain this to me more completely. So the interpreter began his explanation. These two boys are figures. Passion is figuratively the people of this world, and patience is the people of the world to come. As you see here, just like the people of this world, passion wants it all now, this year, that is to say, in this world. The people of this world must have all their good things now, for they can't wait for their portion of good things until next year, that is, until the next world. The proverb, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, carries more weight with them than all the divine testimonies of the worth of the world to come. But as you saw, he quickly wasted it all away and soon had nothing left for himself but rags. So it will be with all such people at the end of this world. Christian then said, now I see that patience has the best wisdom and for many reasons. One, because he waits for the best things. And two, because he will have the glory of his possessions when the other has nothing but rags. No, said the interpreter. You may add another reason, namely, the glory of the next world will never wear out, but other glories are soon gone. Passion, therefore, didn't have as much reason to laugh at patience because passion had his best things first, as patience will have to laugh at passion, because patience had his best things last. First must give place to last, because last must have its time to come. But last gives place to nothing, for there is nothing more to follow. So he who has his portion first must of necessity have a time to spend it, but he who has his portion last must have it permanently. Therefore, it is said of Dives, In your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Christian responded, Then I understand it's not best to covet things that now exist, but to wait for things yet to come. You speak the truth, answered the interpreter. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. For even though this is true, things now seen live so close together with our sinful desires that they both quickly become friends. Also, things to come are such strangers to material knowledge that they continue to be separated. Then I saw in my dream that the interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a place where a fire was burning next to a wall. Standing by the wall was an individual who was continually throwing water on the fire to put it out. Yet the fire burned higher and hotter. Christian asked, What does this mean? The interpreter answered, This fire is the work of grace working in the heart. He who throws water onto it to extinguish it and put it out is the devil. But as you see, the fire is burning higher and hotter in spite of it. You'll be shown the reason for that. With that, he took Christian around to the other side of the wall, 
There he saw a man with a jar of oil in his hand, continually and secretly pouring oil upon the fire. Again Christian asked, What does this mean? The interpreter explained, This is Christ, who continually maintains the work already begun in the heart by applying the oil of his grace. Because of this, the souls of his people remain full of grace in spite of what the devil can do. In that you saw the man standing behind the wall to keep the fire burning. That's meant to teach you that it's hard for those tempted to see how this work of grace is continued in the soul. I saw also that the interpreter took Christian again by the hand and led him into a pleasant place where a stately palace had been built. It was beautiful to behold, and at the sight of it Christian was very happy. He saw people walking on the walls of the palace, and they were all dressed in gold. May we go inside? asked Christian. Then the interpreter took him and led him up toward the door of the palace. A large group of people stood at the door, wanting to go inside, but they dared not do it. There also sat a man at a table a short distance from the door. He had a book and pen before him to take the name of any individual who had intentions of going in through the door. Christian also saw that many men in armor stood in the doorway to block the entrance. He was somewhat amazed to see that they were prepared to inflict whatever pain or injury they could upon the people who would enter through the door. At last, when every person there had started to go back, leaving the door because of their fear of the armed men, Christian saw that a man who looked like he possessed great strength. The man came up to the one who sat there to write and said, Write down my name, sir. After this, he saw the man draw his sword, put a helmet on his head, and rush toward the door to confront the armed men. The armed men attacked him with deadly force, but... Not to be discouraged, the man began cutting and hacking away fiercely. After he had both received wounds and inflicted many upon them who attempted to keep him out, he cut his way through them all and pressed forward into the palace. At that there was a pleasant voice heard from those who were inside, even those who walked upon the top of the walls, and they said, Come in, come in, eternal glory, you will win. So he went in and was dressed with the same type of clothing as they. Christian smiled and said, I think I actually know the meaning of this. Then he said, Now let me continue on my journey. No, said the interpreter, Stay until I show you a little more. After that you will go on your way. So he took him by the hand again and led him into a very dark room where a man was sitting in an iron cage. Now the man looked very sad. He sat there with his eyes looking down to the ground and his hands folded together and he sighed as if his heart would break. Christian asked, What does this mean? At this the interpreter invited him to talk with the man. Then Christian asked the man, Who are you? The man answered, I am who I once was not. Who were you once? inquired Christian. The man said, In my own eyes and the eyes of others, I was once an honest and flourishing professor of faith. I considered myself once a good candidate for a home in Celestial City 
and at that time I even had joy at the thought of living there. Well, said Christian, who are you now? I'm now a man of despair, answered the man. I'm shut up in despair, just as I am in this iron cage. I can't get out. Oh, now I cannot. But how did you come to be in this condition? asked Christian. I stopped being alert and self-controlled, said the man. I let loose the reins of my desires. I sinned against the light of the word and the goodness of God. I've grieved the spirit and he's gone. I tempted the devil and he has come to me. I've provoked God to anger and he has left me. I have so hardened my heart that I cannot repent. Then Christian said to the interpreter, But is there no hope for such a man as this? Ask him, said the interpreter. Then Christian asked, Is there any hope from being kept in the iron cage of despair? No, none at all, said the man. Why? Christian asked. I'm guilty of crucifying him again, answered the man. I've despised his position. I've hated his righteousness, and I've treated his blood as an unholy thing. I've insulted the spirit of grace. So I've excluded myself from all the promises, and now there remains for me nothing but threats, dreadful threats, fearful threats of certain judgment and raging fire which will devour me as an enemy of God. Why did you bring yourself into this condition? inquired Christian. The man answered, For the desires, pleasures, and profits of this world, I promised myself great delight in the enjoyment of them. But now every one of those things bite me and gnaw at me like burning worms. But can't you repent now and turn? asked Christian. God has denied me repentance, said the man. His word gives me no encouragement to believe. He himself has shut me up in this iron cage, and all the men in the world can't let me out. Oh, eternity, eternity, how will I cope with the misery I'll meet within eternity? Then the interpreter said to Christian, Remember this man's misery and let it be an everlasting caution to you. Well, said Christian, this is a fearful thing. May God help me to be alert and self-controlled and to pray, so I may avoid the cause of this man's misery. Sir, isn't it now time for me to go on my way? The interpreter answered, Stay here until I show you one more thing. Then you may go on your way. So he took Christian by the hand again and led him into a certain room. An individual was there getting out of bed, and he shook and trembled as he put on his clothes. Then Christian asked, Why does this man tremble like that? The interpreter asked the individual to tell Christian the reason for his actions, and the individual began his explanation. Tonight, as I was sleeping... 
I dreamed and saw the sky grow extremely dark. Also, there was so much dreadful thunder and lightning that it put me in great distress. So I looked up in my dream and saw the clouds rise and stretch at the unusual rate. Then I heard the sound of a trumpet. I also saw upon a cloud a man who was accompanied by the thousands of heaven. They were all in flaming fire, and also the heavens also were in burning flame. Then I heard a voice saying, Arise, you dead, and come to judgment. And with that the rocks broke apart, and the graves opened, and the dead who were in them came out. Some of them were very glad and looked upward, and some of them searched for a place under the mountains in which to hide themselves. The individual continued, then I saw the man who sat upon the cloud open a book and summon the world to draw near. Yet because of the fierce flame that flowed out from before him, there was a suitable distance between him and them, as between the judge and the prisoners at the, at the bench. I also heard it proclaimed to those accompanying the man sitting on the cloud, Gather together the tares, chaff, and stubble, and cast them into the burning lake. And with that, the bottomless pit opened just above where I stood, and out of his mouth a great deal of smoke and coals of fire with hideous noises. It was also said to the same persons, Gather my wheat into the barn. And with that I saw many people caught up and carried away into the clouds, but I was left behind. I sought to hide myself as well, but I couldn't, for the man sitting upon the cloud continued to keep his eye on me. I remembered my sins, and my conscience constantly accused me. At that time I awoke from my sleep. Christian then asked, But what was it that made you so afraid of that sight? The man answered and said, Why, I thought the day of judgment had come, and I wasn't ready for it. But what frightened me most was that the angels gathered up several people and left me behind. Also the pit of hell opened its mouth just where I stood. In addition, my conscience afflicted me, and as I thought, the judge kept looking at me, showing anger in his expression. Then the interpreter asked Christian, Have you considered all these things? Yes, and they caused me both to hope and to fear. Good, replied the interpreter. Keep these things in your mind so you may act as prods in your sides to poke you and cause you to go forward in the way you must go. Christian began to prepare himself to continue his journey, and then the interpreter said to him, May the counselor always be with you, good Christian, to guide you in the way that leads to the city. So Christian went on his way, saying, here I have seen things rare and profitable, things pleasant, dreadful, things to make me stable. In what I have begun to take in hand, then let me think on them and understand. Wherefore they showed me where and let me be thankful, O good interpreter to thee. But you, O Lord, are a sheep about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. 
so much for tuning in to today's episode. Tune in next time and we'll see what happens as our story continues. Remember, if you would like to write to us or find out more information, you can find us online at www.kidsway.ca. And don't forget to head over to www.soulmusic.ca to find many more songs that Jamie Souls has written and recorded. See you next time. May God bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. 